0: turn to John 18, I'll hopefully keep reminding you. I got the address and the times, Brother Todd, when he'll be in Yuba-Sutter at the end of the month, it's the 27th, 28th, and 29th, 7 p.m. on Friday, 4.30 p.m. on Saturday, and 11 a.m. on Sunday. If anybody needs an address or directions or a place to stay or assistance getting there, the Lord's made you willing and not made you able, get with me. If you know somebody else, get with me give me. Sovereign binding. I hope that's a title that'll get the subject of this message into us. I have a whole lot of scriptures for you tonight and about eight sentences of what I have to say. Our brother Don told a young pastor one time, he said, you get up on a Wednesday night or whenever and you read the scriptures if you have to. If you ain't got a message, that's your job. He said, if you need to get up and just read the Psalms, you get up and read the Psalms. Now, that sounds motivational, doesn't it? Doesn't that make you just grin ear to ear Until you you're the one that's got to stand up and just read the Psalms? A little bit different, isn't it? I pray the Lord's with us. I want you to... I don't think nobody here takes notes, but if you took notes, I want you to look for some things in this. I saw some things, and I want you to be conscious of these things as we go through this. All the Scriptures... From, from Genesis, there's no Old Testament God, New Testament God, and mankind has their covenants flip-flop. They don't know nothing. They wouldn't know the gospel from a, a tarantula hawk if it hit them in the head. All this whole, all the scriptures point to Him. If you got to bring an abacus, a calculator, or a thesaurus to come worship God, go find you another know, place to worship God. They're worshiping man there. This is plain. Lord, Lord spoke plainly. And all these things are tokens for us to, to point to. They're about Christ. And all these things that's concerning Him, He fulfilled them. I wouldn't argue for five seconds to somebody that this is the Word of God, that these Scriptures are real, that there is a God and He is on His throne. There's nine billion people on this earth. Next, this is God's Word. He fulfill, His Word is proof this is His Word. <laughs> I can't remember how many 46 riders over this many continents over this 1,600 years or whatever it is. I used to have it memorized. I ought to have it memorized. It fulfills itself and it's majestic. And that's just the little glimpses we get. In all this, there's the wickedness of man. There's man's in his deep-seated religion. He hates God. He'd kill him if he gets a chance. And in spite of that, the Lord saved the people. And all that glorifies him. In that, it's a must and it's a blaring reality. The Lord's sovereign in all things. That ain't a doctrine, that's a reality. I remember that when I'm laying down and getting my teeth worked on, uh, when I'm paying my garbage bill. (laughs) No matter what, I about got hit in the head with a tarantula hawk today. (laughs) That's God's tarantula hawk. He's on his throne in all things, in every molecule that's ever moved, and every dust particle, or he ain't God. If you got something to do, there's something left up for chance. You ain't worshiping God, you're worshiping a man-made idol. may look like him, but that ain't God. And him governing all things and ruling all things and all these things work together for our good and his glory, even the wickedness of man. It pushes to and pro- provides and shows for that substitutionary work and the satisfaction. Substitution, satisfaction. We's the wicked ones. We needed substitution. We're the wicked ones. We can't satisfy God. And we ain't got two brain cells to rub together of biblical knowledge to, to figure God out. He has to reveal that. And that's His work too. All in spite of us. I only have three verses here as my text. But let's look at John 18. We'll begin in verse 1. It says, When Jesus had spoken these words, He went forth with His disciples over the brook Cedron, where was a garden, into the which He entered and His disciples. You remember us looking at that? Is that repetitive? Is that precious? (laughs) You know what that means. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, 400, 700 a bunch, battalion sized element, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons, all for one fellow. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am. Judas also which betrayed him stood with them. And as soon as, as he had said unto them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. If therefore ye seek me, here's a command, not a request. Let these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled which ye spake of them which thou gavest me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. that mean Peter was left-handed? There's more precious things than that. Cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? That's cup of indignation. cup of wrath. Put your sword away, Peter. I'm on my throne standing right in front of you. Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. And led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one should die for the people. I touched want to touch on Malch. We looked back at that back in June of 2020, and uh, I wished I'd uh, known then. Just I couldn't put it down this week. And Leviticus 8 and and Leviticus 14. Uh, it was the law of cleansing lepers and Aaron and his sons being consecrated to work. there's seven mentions. I don't know if there's anything to that. There's seven mentions of taking the blood and touching the right ear. Malchus, that name means king. The Lord healed that man, put his ear back on him. We have to be made deaf before we can hear. We have to be made blind before we can see, it, and blood has to be applied. <laughs> that, that king's about to shed his blood for those he's given ears to. Verse twelve, it says, "Then the band, and the captain and officers, all the people, captains, officers. This is a uh, ecumenical society. This is a homogenized unit. There is Roman soldiers there. There is Jewish uh, Pharisees and." Uh, religious folks they found common ground and they compromised that was their brothers that's their Armenian brothers and their Jewish brothers and their Roman brothers and their sisters and you know what they was doing they was seeking Jesus you what the whole world's still doing ain't nothing new <laughs> looks good, sounds good I got me a Bible and I was looking for God you gonna kill him? Well, no, I'm just going to make him do what I want him to do, and I'm going to bend his arm, and I'm going to tell him he needs to start doing some things for me. And the people might word it a different way. These guys are just going to get him out of the way. Whole lot of them, captain, the the band, and the captain and officers of the Jews. They took Jesus and bound him. You think it made a difference if it was synthetic material or leather? That's preposterous. The almighty God of glory is in front of them. They, he just knocked every one of them on their hind ends, flat on their backs, took the wind out of them. Let me put a little piece of rope around your hands. It's all but comical. Man's foolish. We're fools. But that said there, and bound him, comma, it's on purpose. I want us to look at that. And they led him away to Annas first. Turn over to Leviticus 16. Leviticus sixteen. David had wrote in Psalm one eighteen. He said, "God is the Lord, which hath showed us light." Bind the sacrifice with cords, unto the horns of the altar. Bind the sacrifice with cords unto the horn, horns of the altar. He says, "Show us, Lord, showed us that light." Here in Leviticus sixteen. My page off. Hold on. Leviticus sixteen verse. 17 this is a picture of things to come it's a prophecy of things to come a type to teach us something it's something physically took place but it's a type to teach us something leviticus 16 verse 17 and there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make the atonement in the holy place until he come out and have made atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. The Lord's telling him how to make these sacrifices for these high priests. He says he's got to be alone. Tread that wine press alone. You see that? Verse 18, let's read that together. And he shall go out unto the altar that is before the Lord and make an atonement for it, and shall take the blood of the bullock and the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar round about. And he shall sprinkle the blood upon it with his fingers seven times and cleanse it and hallow it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel. And their transgressions and all their sins put them Upon the head of the goat, and shall be, shall send him by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. That's a whole lot of steps. Isn't it? God's teaching us how He's putting sin away. He's making them physically walk out there and go get a sheep and go get a goat, and you're gonna cast lots. Why are we cast lots? See which one lives, which one dies, because God's the one that determines the lot. He's showing us something step by step by step who He is, what He's accomplishing. Who he is. what he, Christ and him crucified. And he's the one that bore our sin. And he's the fit man. And he took it into the wilderness away. As far as the east is from the west. Verse 22. And the goat shall bear, bear upon him all their iniquities in the land not inhabited. And he shall let the goat go in the wilderness. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle. The congregation shall put off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. When this work was done, did our Lord leave his linen garments somewhere? Folded neatly? He did, didn't he? And he shall wash his flesh with water in the holy place, and put on his garments, and come forth and offer his burnt offering, and the burnt offering of the people, and make atonement for himself and for the people. When this is done, he's going that's when he's going to make intercession. Our Lord did this thing. Sin was laid on him. He bore it away. He changed his garments, sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he ever lives to make intercession for us. That's not just a lot of things to do on a Saturday, is it? It's a person. It's a per- I, I've heard a lot this week about salvation's plan. Have you ever heard about a salvation program? Has that been programmed in your heads from a young age for 30-some years, 40 years, 50 years? Salvation program? That sounds like something you pick up It's a pamphlet. A salvation plan? That sounds like something that come to, could come to a standstill or be upset. How about a salvation person? That's a better term. That's somebody that knows a sa- Savior, isn't it? Turn over to Isaiah 53. That was... The Lord was here in Leviticus. This is all pointing to Christ coming and what He's going to do. Isaiah 53. Here's a picture of it coming to pass. Isaiah 53, verse 6. It says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He said, if you want me, let these go. He didn't say these are trumped up charges. You're lying. Why do you want me? Why didn't he say anything? He's guilty. That guilt was laid on him. He became me. A fool could try to explain that. If so, that's what had to happen. Verse 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Remember that tomb he was buried with? Rich man, freshly hewn out of stone. No man ever laid in it. Because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. No guile in him. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Comma, and they bound him. Comma. Those aren't idle words, are they? We have eternity for our Lord to teach us what these things are. It's, just, it's too much. Where do you start and where do you stop? It's just too good. He did that. They didn't go bind him. He left him. He said, no man, take my life from me. I have power to let down. I have power to take that. That's, Father gave me that commandment. He walked through them. They kept trying to lay hands. Hey, I was thinking about that. They laid hands on the goat because that was necessary. Since have to go there. And only four times in Scripture talking about laying hands on people when the apostles would transfer their apostolic gifts to those people. And I thought, we laid the hands on people. Now, our brother moved up to Washington the other day, and I about put my hands on him and let him go. Somebody come town. old Timothy, come through there preaching, they're going to put their hands on him. Like, you ain't going nowhere. you going to keep telling us this stuff. He allowed these sinful men to put their hands on him, and he lets us touch him. Come here, Thomas. You got to have a sign? Come here, put your hand right there. Come on, buddy. I'm whipping them other ones. You require a sign. You're an evil and adulterous generation. Get away from me. Come here, Thomas. You want to see sign? <laughs> I love it, that's a picture of it coming to pass. What's the end state? How does, how does this affect us? Back to Genesis 22. That's just a lot of facts so far right now. It's got to apply to me. He is the Savior. He is the one who laid down his life for the sheep. I need him lay down his life for me. Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off and Abraham said to his young men abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you and Abraham took the word he took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood. But Where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? When the Lord said, I am. And 700 people fell flat on their back. Not one of them said, Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? Come unto me all you labor heavy laden I'll give you rest That's what he said wasn't it It's a gracious God they're dealing with It's a sovereign and a mighty God The only mighty one ever But a gracious God Where's the lamb And Abraham said verse 8 My son God will provide Himself A lamb For the burnt offering So they went both of them together and they came to a place which God, this gets real good. Look here at verse 9 now. Follow with me. And they get, get a place where God had told them of, and Abraham built an altar there, and he laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him upon the altar upon the wood. He was bound to it. How would that old man bind that strapping 17 year old boy? <laughs> Isaac went up willingly, didn't he? But why was he bound? If he was willing, it pleased the Lord. He's going to willingly be bound in that garden a couple thousand years later. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took a knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket. He walked right past it, went up there, didn't he? When did when that ram get there before time was? <laughs> from eternity past. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Isaac was a beautiful picture of Christ, and then Isaac's a beautiful picture of us. He's that ram. He's the lamb. He's the the scapegoat. Offered for us. In our stead. The substitution. And Abraham called the name of that place. Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount. Of the Lord. It shall be seen. The Lord will provide. What did he provide? We're just like Isaac. We were bound. Did you know that? You didn't have enough sense to know it before. till God showed you. Gave you life. And showed you he was bound. We just bound what? Under the law. Everybody scared to death at law. You hate it. Because you're full of sin. We're bound by sin. We can't keep the law. We're bound to a nature. Now, that ain't just an eject button. You tell me somebody don't want to have no laws over him. Go as fast as you want. Park anywhere you want to. Go ahead and get groceries and walk out. You can't go to jail. Anybody do that, we're bound to a sin nature. We rightfully earned, and Adam, we rightfully earned by ourselves and any big fancy word you want to use to cut it. That's us. We're bound to that. Christ was bound by love. He was bound by his covenant. And the Father made and the Holy Spirit before time was. He was bound by his nature. By the Father's will, which is his will. That's what he was bound by. This binding. What happened to Christ in that garment? with Judas coming and what takes place over the next day? That's the worst thing that ever happened on the face of the earth. And that's the greatest thing that ever happened on the face of the earth. It is. Who did it? We ought to learn something about God. I pray God teach us. He's sovereign and he's on his throne. All these things point to Christ. He's fulfilled every jot and every tittle and we can't even see all the jots and all the tittles because we look through a glass dimly. It's all about Him. He's done every bit of it. And if we learn anything new, we say amen. And this whole time, He's on His throne in absolutely every way. You can slice it. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Peter was preaching pretty short message too. <laughs> didn't take long didn't have any notes didn't have everybody turn 15 times and they didn't sing four or five times before they got up four or five times after had special music and they were standing he was sitting didn't look like today and it's short voice it to the point acts 2 verse we'll begin in verse 23 him speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ being delivered By the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. That's how all this took place. That's how he was bound. That's how he was led. Here's the means. Ye have taken. And by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death. Because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Peter goes on. He preaches Christ from Psalm 16 and Psalm 110 and then down in verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. He's preaching to these men that just killed the Lord. said, you killed him. He's God. Remember what we just read though? About that lamb in the scripture reading? Everybody, you're going to go get you a lamb. And if it's too much, you, you take half and split it with your neighbor. Everybody's going to have enough lamb. you going to take the blood and put it on a doorpost. And, and the whole congregation is going to go kill it. It. Not them. That's a whole bunch of lambs. It. A man preached this one time. And that's the only way God saves sinners is through preaching. The means that he uses. He said, you killed him. I heard that in my ear. He went through my ear, into my head, all the way down to my heart. I killed him. Peter says, whom you've crucified. God's made him both Lord and Christ. This is all his determined counsel. This is all his foreknowledge. This is all his love from beforehand. <laughs> this is gracious. We're the wicked ones. Now when they heard this, verse 37, they were pricked in their heart. Their hearts burned within them. His just heartburn. and set on fire. They were pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said "In them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you. <laughs> He's talking to enemies, isn't he? And to your children. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, he kept preaching, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation, this wicked generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. God say three thousand people from Peter preaching for six minutes to him. The <laughs> Lord did that. Didn't he? he ruled all those things. You know what David said in Psalm 76? He said, surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. I don't want to qualify everything into our time, but we need to a little bit so we can wrap our heads around it. We don't have a speaker of the house in this nation. You know, that's never happened. We got a governor. You could write a long list of the bad, wicked things he did. The the, the president's as crooked as his heathen son. that ought to be in prison, <laughs> and people don't do nothing about it. It's crazy, isn't it? It praises God, or he's lying, and he ain't lying. I tell you that right now, we're the liars. He said, "Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee." And the remainder of the wrath, he'll restrain. This world just exactly as wicked as it pleases God to glorify him. That's so. What about them doctors? What about our phones going off at 225 or whatever it was today? People scared to death about the most nonsensical things on the face. You sinned against the holy God. Somebody's got to tell them. And then turn right back around. Those that are glad, Peter said promises for you. You and your young'uns and the offsprings that's just like you. <laughs> that's good news. Where's some water? I'm going to be baptized. <laughs> There's water. What about now? Amos three six says that too. Isn't it? Shall there not be evil in a city and the Lord ain't done it? That's the lamb prophesied to be bound and to be shed. That's it, him pictured there in Isaiah 53. That's the promise and then it, and it To us in Genesis 22, it's proclaimed by his preachers then and now. The church age is more active and what we would call alive. There's the biggest revival on earth in the history of mankind right now. Think how many faithful gospel pulpits there are that we know. That's just the ones we know (laughs) of. Lord ain't out of business. The message ain't changed from Abraham till now. That's what's proclaimed. That's what has come to pass, and he's coming again. That's good news. Back in our text, John 18. Try to hurry. John 18, verse 12. And the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first. For he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Annas was the father-in-law of Caiaphas. He used to be the high priest. And now he kind of still was. They would vote him in. Uh, That's never how it's been biblically. And they said, well, that's just how we do it. This how, is this how we've always done it. How man does, it's wrong. And they warp it everything, and they, they say they're doing it according to the Word of God, and it ain't nowhere in the Word of God. The Lord gave high priests, and then their sons would take over when they died. It's an, a lifelong appointment. You don't just say, well, you know, it's time to retire. I want to go someplace warm, and I'm done with doing this now. No. If God made a high priest, they're a high priest until they died. And then their sons took over. And they were high priests until they died. And then their sons took over. That's Eli and God kills them. And then he appoints another one. And this was just, everybody's going to take turns. Will you preach a little bit and i preach a little bit? and We'll all just get along and have associate pastors or associate high priests or whatever. But Annas, they kind of gave him an a, a ambassadorship position. He, he had to deal with the the Romans, well, you'd already high priest, you know how things work, and now you can put this in layman terms for these Gentiles, and you can deal with the Romans, so we can keep them happy so we can stay in business, and then we can flip-flop next year, and we'll just all move around and take turns. Nothing's changed, is it and that and it was from father to son, not father-in-law to son. Remember the points I told you, mankind's wicked and we think we're doing God a service, and we think we're, we're steeped in religion when we're being holy on the outside, and we're just making it up as we go. It's a figment of our imagination. Bow to God's Word. That high priest, that was what was appointed in that city of refuge. The Lord gave six cities of refuge. He told Joshua, he said, when somebody commits manslaughter, you set up these cities, and they'll go to there. The avenger of blood will pursue But that man's going to go in there, he'll go to the gate, (laughs) confess all he's done. (laughs) He'll go through the way, the door. That's the only one he's going to confess to. And he gets to stay in that city safe until the high priest dies. And when that high priest dies in that city of refuge, he gets to go home. And everything's fine. There's no charge to be laid against him. Do you see that picture? Coming to pass, or in Joshua 20. We we flee to Christ, our city of refuge, and He's our high priest, and He's the gate, He's the way, He's the door. He ain't gonna die. He lives forever. I'm getting ahead of myself, but you start there in Hebrews in chapter about halfway through chapter four and run all the way to the end of chapter seven. That's telling us nothing but about Christ our high priest. He makes intercession for us, he's touched the feeling of our infirmities. We can come boldly to him. Let's look at what, just a portion of it. Hebrews four. Hebrews four verse fourteen. So seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Now, that does mean stay in your, I was going to say dialect, that ain't it. Denomination. <laughs> Might as well be a dialect. It's wrong, wrong way of talking. Don't hold fast to your profession. He's our profession. Hold fast to Him. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's the high priest. Not just Kangaroo Court Annas and Caiaphas and everybody else. It's him. That whole position in the city of refuge and throughout time has pointed to him. It's him. They appointed themselves. Men appoint themselves. I've can say with a little bit of confidence God put me in the ministry I think he made me a preacher I pray that wasn't me doing it but there's people lined up to go get themselves ordained by somebody sticking empty hands on their empty heads it's a scary thing do you know Christ didn't appoint himself high priest turn over one page to Hebrews chapter 5 Hebrews chapter 5 verse 5 So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest. But he said, he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He was declared. He said, you're my son. I've begotten you. He said, you're my priest. You're my Melchizedek. Christ said, that's right. Okay. Is that your will, Father? Because I'm here to do your will. Willingly he said amen. He agreed to it. And he's high priest forever. Hebrews 7 verse 23. And they truly were many priests. All these high priests that pictured him throughout time. Because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. It was a lifetime appointment. But they died. But this man. Because he continueth ever hath an unchangeable priesthood. His doesn't waver. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. Back in our text here in John 18. Verse 12. Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. He said that a few chapters back, didn't he? He said, everybody's going to believe on this man. He's been doing all these miracles and they're going to run us out of our cushy jobs. We got it good. We're living high on the hog. This one man's going to have to die so the rest of this nation can live. He said that being the high priest that year, even the Lord. He had to profess the Lord that. Broke clocks right twice, twice a day, isn't it? So I've, I've heard people, I want to caution this. I've heard people Well, they say some good stuff that's dangerous that pharmacy issues 90% good medicine would you go to that pharmacy I wouldn't go to that pharmacy you'll die Caiaphas found no fault with him that's why he said we got to kill him so we can live they took him to Annas he found no blemish he found no fault fault in him Caiaphas found no blemish then later on in the chapter they're going to take him to Pilate and Pilate's going to say it out loud I find no fault with him. I find no blemish. That was that was the the order of uh, sacrifice. They would set this male goat or male sheep, pick one off to the side for a long time, and you watched it, and you made sure there was no spot, and you made sure it was no blemish, and when you was absolutely sure there wasn't one hair that was wrong on this thing, nothing was amiss. Then you take it to the high priest, and the high priest had to examine it to make sure it was without blemish. To picture Christ, (laughs) our High Priest and our sacrifice, they went through those, and He was presented blameless. He was presented faultless, so we could be. He was bound and led away and examined. I won't cut somebody's ear off, too. Do you know? He was and found faultless that we would be made him. That we would be examined by him before we make entrance in that holy of holies. That we would be without blemish. We would be without spot. You know what Jude said? He only had one chapter. It was a good one. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I need that. And Present you faultless before the presence of his glory. That cold dead letter doctrine? With exceeding joy. He did that willingly. He suffered the cross willingly. He let them people bind him, but put them cuffs on him, them fetters willingly. Lay down his life willingly. To the only wise God and Savior be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Amen. I thought of what Paul said there in Ephesians 5 2. He was talking about a wedding, husbands and wives. And at the end of it, he says, This is a great mystery. I'm talking about Christ and his church. Nevertheless, you husbands love your wives, and wives submit yourself to your husbands. But he said that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Not even a wrinkle. You know how many wrinkles I got? I don't even know how many wrinkles I got. And I'm the young guy. <laughs> There's only going to be one person with scars and glory. Think about that. It'll be on his hands and on his feet. We're going to admire it and adore it. But that we should be holy and without blemish. That was the the marriage of Christ and his bride. This is him going through the, going through the ceremony. Officiating it. I told Kim and the children, I said, I wanted to... I, preached a wedding a long time ago, and I said a couple weeks ago, I so said, I hope I get to preach another wedding. There's a wedding I know that's coming up. And I, t- I said, I think this weekend I'm going to preach a wedding. There ain't going to be nobody there. <laughs> maybe maybe there will be somebody there. Maybe the Lord will reveal himself to his bride in this room. Wouldn't that be something? This might happen. Huh? Let's pray together. Father, as we look at your word, how glorious it is. Who's sufficient for these things, Lord? To enter into such majesty, perfection. Thank you. Thank you for this salvation. For this lamb slain before time for a wicked people that didn't deserve anything. His humility. Lay down his life for us. Lord, let that mind be in us. Let us dwell on him. Thank you for this gospel. This good news. Thank you for the person and work of our king. And thank you for our brethren you've met us with. Oh, forgive us. If they were so here. We know your word won't return void. But we rejoice to see you work. Thank you for the work you've letting us see around this world. Make us praise our redeemer for him It's because of him we ask it. Amen.